Good afternoon, everyone. It's the 31st of January, 2021, and it's time for a kiki. So we about to start in a moment or so. So quickly go get a drink because we're going to kiki today. Here's my part. Someone told me that they actually like me doing that part. Like, that's probably my favorite part of the whole song, so. I hope y'all get y'all drinks. Y'all gonna need it because I'm probably gonna piss some of y'all off with this episode. All right, we can do one more Rihanna chant. <laughs> so, y'all, it's been about a couple weeks since the last episode. I told you guys I was going to do these episodes more frequently. Um, as you guys know from the last episode, I told you that I would now be doing a YouTube with my friend Dominique called Powerful Opinionated Voices, POV. We're actually going to start that on anti-Valentine's Day. And I'll tell you guys later why I'm calling it anti-Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day ain't shit, you know. I'm single, but I'm out here dipping and doing it. But, you know, none of these niggas could be my Valentine's. And for my people that don't like me using the N-word, None of these bitches are my Valentine's this year. <laughs> so with that said, um, let the Kiki begin. So first, I have to start this episode with saying, you know, RIP to Queen Cicely Tyson. Uh, Cicely Tyson is an American treasure. She's an icon. She's very respected. Um, she would be greatly missed. Um it's unfortunate that she spent a lot of her later years doing Tyler Perry films, but I'm also happy that I saw more diversity with Cicely Tyson. Um, I was actually like in a chat room yesterday, um, actually this morning, early this morning, um, and some a couple people were saying, you know, Cicely Tyson, they were basically disappointed by her acting choices. And I understood what they were saying but I was also, I also know, you know, how black women have been limited in Hollywood. And I want you guys to do some homework before the next episode. Um, and even email me at kclorbird, excuse me, at iCloud.com. There's no dot between the K and the Chlor. So kclorbird at iCloud.com. Um, once you complete the research, I'm about to give you the prompt. Once you complete that research, please email me and let me know what you think. So um, if you look at the history of Hollywood, black women have always been played as like supporting characters. You know, you had the mammies and the maids in the 30s and 40s. In the 50s, that was kind of going out of style. So black women were just background characters at that point. It was like, okay, you know, there was a black maid, but you know, she wasn't necessarily dressed like a maid. She was dressed like whatever. And then I think in the sixties, you start seeing more black people enter television media. And um, that allowed like a lot of movies to say, hey, you know what? 
they have television. We can keep the movies for ourselves. And then you have black exploitation, and you know you had some movies where you know there were black women as the main character, but mostly black women were relegated to TV. So uh, I feel like Cicely Tyson, you know, for sixty years, basically had to take roles that were offered to her that she could that were available to her, not even offered to her that were available to her. So you know, and some of those roles were like slave roles, like Miss Jane Pittman. But Miss Jane Pittman or Autobiography of Jane Pittman is an excellent documentary. Um, it's actually on, I think, HBO Max right now. HBO Max or um, Hulu. It's on one of the two. And I'm actually going to watch it soon. I was going to watch it last week before her passing. I've seen it before. She did Roots. She was Kuta Kente's mother in Roots. Uh, she was also in Sounder. She was nominated for an Oscar for that film. I've seen Sounder. Uh, she did M Mama Flora's Family. That movie's a damn mess, but y'all watch it. Queen Latifah's in it, too. Um, what other movie did Cicely Tyson did that was outside of Tyler Perry that y'all may know? Uh, she did an Alex Cross movie where it wasn't a Tyler Perry movie, but he was in it. But they put this horrible wig on Cicely Tyson that, for the life of me, I don't understand. And one of her last roles was, of course, playing Queen Viola Davis's mother in How to Get Away with Murder. And I actually enjoyed her role, that recurring role on that show. Like, I lived for that role. So rest in peace, Cicely Tyson. Um, 2021 has been a mess so far, y'all. We're only 31 days in. And this is my second episode. Uh, it's just been a lot going on. Y'all know I live in D.C., uh, after, you know, the cracker revolution was going on, the National Guards came out. Uh, they've been everywhere. I live right in front of a hotel. Like, literally, I'm looking at the hotel right now. It's tangible. Like, that's how close it is to me. And I just see, even today, mad army people. So just because Biden's been inaugurated and, you know, nothing has really happened in the past couple weeks... Trust me, something is going on because they are still on high alert around here. So people are upset that Trump lost that election. They are pissed. Um, I also am a little concerned that some people think, oh, you know, Biden's being inaugurated. You know, nothing happened after the cracker revolution. And first off, I'm calling it the cracker revolution. Not all white people are crackers, but those people that stormed the Capitol, those people that want to overthrow the government and install like some white ethno state, they're crackers to me. And if y'all have an issue with that, then you can stop listening to this podcast. I wouldn't care. The people that have been here since day one and the people that enjoy how I speak, they understand that vocabulary. Hell, I just said the N-word a few moments ago. So if you don't have an issue with that, but you have an issue with cracker, you need to check yourself. So anyway, post-cracker revolution and post-Biden inauguration, I really think people think, oh, life is going back to normal. You know, there's a vaccine now. You know, um, uh, we actually have a competent people running an administration and... I'm like, you guys are stupid if you really believe that. You really, you're an idiot because a major traumatic event like the election of Donald Trump and the subsequent four years, 
that has changed this country greatly. Yes, racism has always been here. Yes, white supremacy is embedded into American culture, embedded in our uh, government roles and everything. But the election of Joe Biden and his inauguration and the inauguration of Queen Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, excuse me, that is not going to throw the past four years away. And I'm starting to think that people really think that's what it is. They're like, oh, America's better right now. We can start healing. We can get back to normal. If y'all thought that America was normal before Donald Trump came into office, you have a big problem. You need to see a therapist. I appreciate Donald Trump. I'm going to repeat that again. I, Ken Clorbird, appreciate Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you why I appreciate Donald Trump. Donald Trump exposed the cancer in this country that the rest of the world fails to um, see about the United States. It opened a lot of people's eyes that, you know, us, you know, electing a black man to the presidency and we're in two, and we're in the uh, 21st century and, you know, um, gay marriage is legal now and all this other stuff. This country still has a big issue with not only just race, it has a big race with misogyny. It has a big issue with um, xenophobia. Um, it has a big issue with classism. It has a big issue of just ignoring things for one's benefit. I truly appreciate Donald Trump because Donald Trump told y'all from the get-go what he was about. Donald Trump said, I don't like this. I'm going to do this. He preached to the people he wanted him to wanted him to vote for him. He knew that shit would get him elected. And some of the people, and I was one of the people that said he wouldn't get elected. He's crazy, whatever. I actually have faith in this country. It's gone now. But I actually have faith in this country and its voters at that time. Um, because I'm like, Donald Trump would not be elected. Like, that's crazy. Um, he's insane. Now, some of the stuff he says, I can see him getting some votes. I could see the race being close. I saw that, but I really thought there were more people that would say, even though I agree with what some of he says, the stuff I don't agree with is too dangerous for me to even consider voting for him. But it was like, nope, you know what? I agree with him more than I disagree with him, so I'm going to vote for him. And that got him elected. Donald Trump told y'all he don't like Muslims like that. He's going to ban them from the country. He did that. Donald Trump told y'all that he is going to go after Mexicans and tight immigration in general. He did what he did. Donald Trump was talking about, you know, taxes and he's a businessman. And a lot of people were saying, you know, he's a businessman. He's going to help out businesses and, you know, um, all this bullshit. He did that. That man did everything he said he was going to do. He's consistent. I'll give him that. Um, but what I appreciated about Donald Trump was besides him being consistent, you, people kept saying, I can't believe that this man is running the United States. It's like, why, you know, this man won the election. He may not have won the popular vote, but he won the election fair and square the first time. Um, there's a lot of racist people out here. You guys, you guys think, oh, Dr. King's been dead for 53 years. Um, so, you know, 
that generation is dying out. It's like, no, um, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles were alive during the 60s when shit was going down with the civil rights movement. And then, you know, there's always forms of micro racism, you know, um, in the workplace. We're going to talk about that on my uh, other uh, YouTube channel, my podcast with Dominique POV. Uh, there's microaggressions in the workplace. You have the whole uh, police brutality and killing of black people and indigenous people by the police. Uh, redlining, you know, that really didn't get out of whack until the 80s. Let's keep it real. In the 70s, when my parents were alive, school districts were still being sued to be desegregated, even though Brown v. Board of Education happened 20 years prior. So racism is still very, excuse me, institutional racism wasn't abolished not that long ago. Like our parents lived and was born during institutional racism, at least people my era, you know, us millennials. And, you know, we still have people that are running the country, like Nancy Pelosi, age, you know, Mitch McConnell age, these people are in their 70s and 80s. They're in Congress. They're senators. They are the House of Representatives. Joe Biden is 78. These people were alive when Emmett Till was murdered. So, I mean, I don't know why people are shocked that a man like Donald Trump got elected. I don't know why people are shocked that, you know, um, he has as many supporters as he did. The storming of the Capitol, it's like this man, his rhetoric, and it's not just his alone. He's the face of that movement, and he's the face of that movement because he's a rich billionaire. People used to like him. I don't care what y'all say. People used to like Donald Trump. We all watched The Apprentice. We thought it was funny. We thought Donald Trump was entertaining. Um, he used to hang out with all like the bougie black people, y'all favorite rappers. I don't give a fuck about most of those people, but y'all do. And it's like... Y'all knew what this man was for years. He's charismatic, but y'all that knew him, y'all knew his, y'all knew his beliefs. I don't care what y'all saying now. So the fact that he runs for president all of a sudden and is saying all of this stuff, he's like, you know what? I know people feel this way like I do, but how about I reach out to them versus these bougie people, you know, that run the country. People are sick of them. So this man is like, you know what, even though I'm a rich man, I have the same ideas as y'all poor rednecks and racist people. You know, there's there's racist people that are in rednecks. So one thing led to another. Donald Trump went on a campaign trail. We was all laughing. You know, I remember people running home so they could like get popcorn drinks and watch the Republican debates. And they weren't even Republicans for the primaries. I was laughing at some of the stuff myself. I'm like, yo, this man is crazy. And then I was thinking, you know, hopefully the Republican Party is smart enough where, you know, they're like, we don't want our party to be a joke. Like, let's make sure that we uh, ask him some hard questions during these debates while we're moderate. Nope, none of that. Donald Trump just made it into his own reality show. People loved it. He went against Hillary Clinton, who I don't think was the best candidate, even though I voted for her. I personally think... um, Y'all know I love Bernie Sanders. And um, one thing led to another. He became the president. But the one thing about Donald Trump was this. Donald Trump, the way he speaks, he's very blunt. The man may be lying, using bad statistics and everything, but he's very blunt, though. He's not like Hillary Clinton and a lot of uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Let's just, I don't want to say diplomatic people, but let's just say a lot of career um, government people, career politicians. There you go. Y'all, I got a little lit last night, but I'll talk about that in the next episode because I'm doing two episodes today. But um, like career politicians, you know, they're very diplomatic. You know, they're they're trying to speak and say things without actually giving their positions on stuff. Donald Trump did that. And I think that's what endeared a lot of people to him. They're like, look, I don't have to play a game of Clue to listen to what Donald Trump is talking about, you know. Um I'm pretty sure some of the xenophobes and the people that are like anti-Muslim, you know, Orlando happened at nightclub in Orlando. You know, a gay person that's usually, you know, all blue and all liberal, they're like, you know what, Donald Trump is right. Let me vote for him because of that. All the stuff that's going on in the world, he appealed to those people that are xenophobes, uh, Islamophobes. As far as the Mexicans and everything, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats, too, but especially in the South, Southern Republicans have been using the Mexico, Texas border for years as like as a whole politician, like, you know, vote for us and we'll make sure that they won't come over and take your jobs. They've been doing that for years. Um, But Donald Trump was more explicit about it. So that's how he got those states like that. Even states up north, I'm from Pennsylvania, and he won Pennsylvania in 2016. It's like, okay, you have a lot of people that immigrate to Pennsylvania, to cities like Philadelphia, where I lived at at the time. And it's like, you know what? Let me vote for this man because I don't want to hear about, you know, Philadelphia being a sanctioned city and I got to spend my tax money to take care of these people. Whereas this man is like, look, if they're not working, they're not coming here legally, I'm kicking them out. Is that wrong morally? Yes. But is it also a common mindset? It is. Let's keep it real. It's a very common mindset. You know, people don't want their tax money going to support families of people that are just moving to the United States. When you got people out here starving, losing their homes, losing their jobs, and then it seems like that the government's main concern is making sure that immigrants are taken care of. Like, this is stuff that really goes on. This is stuff that people really think about. And everyone, you know, they're like, oh, well, morally, we should take care of people and be about love and everything. And I'm like, look, people that are struggling, they don't care about love. They don't care about helping people out. They care about making sure that them and their family is good. So if it means that, you know, someone is, you know, a family is um, homeless and terrorized in Syria, they're like, well, better that family being terrorized and sad in Syria than my family being homeless and terrorized here in America. And no one's opening their homes and their borders to um, Americans. But we got to do it for Syria. Like, y'all, these are really, these are real thoughts that I've heard from people. And if y'all want to act like you're in denial and say, oh, this is wrong or people don't think like that, then you're a fucking idiot and you've been sheltered. And Donald Trump thought that too. Donald Trump was like, I know this is what it's about. I know people feel this way. I'm going to speak like this. I may not be a politician, but one thing I got is a mouth. One thing I got is ears and I hear people. And I know what people's biggest fears are. So let me, as he did, he exploited it. But I mean, when you're running for an office, that's what you do. You exploit people's stories and beliefs. Like in debates, people always love to talk about a story. Um, something that they heard at a, a town hall or an event. Excuse me, I burp. 
or something crazy or not crazy, something like dramatic, like something like devastating or whatever from one of their constituents. They broadcast it as soon as they're on a national platform. Donald Trump was doing the same thing. And then all these people that always vote, you know, conservatively, the term that y'all use a lot, they were going to get vote for Donald Trump. The people that were in the middle, they were like, you know, Donald Trump may be crazy, but he is saying some things I like. And then on top of that, he's not afraid to say it. I don't have to play a game of clue and get tarot cards and get a psychic to, you know, interpret or translate what Donald Trump is trying to say. He is very blatant with his words. He's very... uh precise he concise he does all of that he does all the sizes all of them he does all of that and it's he's easy to understand so i'm going to vote for him and even some of the people that may be liberals they're like okay i'm traditionally liberal but some of the stuff donald trump uh you know feels you know i felt that way before and then you know er people keep bringing up that 94 crime bill with hillary clinton um some of the blm people were doing that too Y'all, I don't understand why some of the BLM people were on Donald Trump's ass when the ones that kept bringing up that 94 crime bill. I'm like, what did y'all think was going to happen? That was going to trigger people to be like, you know what? Hillary Clinton ain't shit. And Donald Trump, he going after all of these other groups. But, you know, he ain't necessarily attacking black people at that time. Attacking black people. Like, I'm telling y'all, these are conversations Key and Corbett heard with his own ears. These are conversations that Ken Corbett was a part of. And I would tell y'all right now, no, I did not vote for Donald Trump. I did vote for Hillary Clinton. It was off the strength of her husband, though. I also knew, like, Donald Trump, yes, I agreed with some of the stuff he said. I don't need to get into detail with that right now, like the specific things. I may do that in a longer episode in the future. I did agree with him on some things, but not everything. And the stuff that I disagreed with him on was scared me enough and frightened me to the point where I'm like, you know what, Ken, that's too dangerous. You know, that is some dangerous rhetoric and you cannot, you know, put yourself into position to vote for this man where he can ruin people's lives. You know, some of the stuff he says sounds good on paper. It does. But that other stuff, especially the stuff I disagreed with like the Muslim band, I'm just like, I can't do that. Like I morally, I just couldn't do it. And I just know that's going to lead, especially as a black person, as a person whose ancestors and myself has experienced, you know, um, you know, just like disgust basically from society for no reason. Like the society is disgusted with us for whatever reason. It's racism, but you know what I'm saying? What is rooted in, I don't, I, it's so hard to articulate sometimes because I feel like I, this is stuff I've been feeling for years, but it's very hard to do virtually on this uh, episode. Like I really debated whether I should talk about this topic or not, but it's like living in DC and with everything that's been happening recently with, you know, the inauguration with the cracker revolution you know, with me seeing National Guard and the Army everywhere I go, staying in a hotel next to me at my job. You know, I don't talk about my job and where I work at, um, but I'll say I live in D.C. for a reason. And 
it's just, I see it everywhere. And I'm like, it's really affected me because I'm just like, yo, like this man's rhetoric definitely endangered this country. But at the same time, though, what I did not have an issue with Donald Trump was like, he spoke the truth. And I really felt that people should have looked at, even when he was running before he got elected, people should have looked at like, damn, there's a real problem in this country that this man is saying this stuff, but he's getting the support he got. Like maybe, you know, the Democrats or even one of the other political parties should have been like, hey, we might need to get somebody who is morally good or at least someone that's better than Donald Trump and someone that's also... um they're, they're, they're precise with their thoughts, with their statements, and someone that's not going to be all diplomatic in their responses, someone that's going to be very, you know, blunt with their approaches, with their ideas. They needed someone like that to go against Donald Trump. Or at least like, and you know, even with the choice of Joe Biden, with his nom, with his, uh, nomin- I'm just, with his nomination, I was a little disappointed myself and I voted for Joe Biden. I like Joe Biden. I have no issue with Joe Biden. I'm happy he was uh, elected, but it's, it was very shaky. It was really shaky. I think by that time Trump had did a lot of damage, but we will have another candidate like Donald Trump in the future. If we go back to the normalcy that you guys are talking about, that you hope that this Biden era is going to bring that you uh, believe that the Obama era was, if you really think that we're not going to have another candidate like Donald Trump or another person like Donald Trump run for president and get the support that Donald Trump got ever again, you're sadly mistaken because we will. It may not be in 2024, but best believe 2028, 2032, 2036, when these 80-something-year-old people that's running Congress die, And we finally get the baby boomers that are now in their 60s and 50s when they come in and start running stuff. You know, there's going to be someone from that era. It's like, you know what? The 50s and 60s were great and promising. No, I'm not a racist. But at the same time, though, crime was like not as widespread as it is now. And people are going to be like, you know what? That is a good point. Like the civil rights, they were obedient. You know, they took those ass whoopings and that's great. But now you got these people out here saying, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's wrong. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to watch out. Um, Donald Trump is not down yet. He may not run again, but best believe Donald Trump is going to have a fan base for the rest of his life. Donald Trump will be able to live in his current lifestyle just doing public speeches for the rest of his life. I'm telling y'all. And I don't hate Trump because Trump told me what he was about when he was running. Uh, Trump did just about everything he said he was going to do. So I appreciate the consistency. Uh, Trump made a promise to his supporters and he satisfied them enough to where they basically led a revolution and try to overthrow the government. And I'm pretty sure that inspired someone who's very similar or holds similar beliefs to Donald Trump, whether they're a rich guy from New York or one of those motherfuckers that was storming the Capitol. He inspired somebody to say, you know what? There's way more people that um, think like me than, you know, the whole post-America, we all love one another, you know, ideas that they like to 
perpetuate and show in the media. Because you know what? To be honest, those type of people, they probably make up about 45% of the population. And then with in that 45%, some of them have some fucked up thoughts and ideas. Because there are some people that voted for Trump, y'all would never believe. Yes, there were gay people that voted for Trump. There were black people that voted for Trump. A lot of Hispanics, including the ones who were immigrants, voted for Trump. So y'all need to stop with the bullshit. But I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Um, I'm going to release another one today because I really want to talk about the Wendy Williams movie from last night. I watched it with my friend. Wendy Williams is a cancer like me. I love her, but child... It's a whole mess, but I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm in Clubhouse now. Please follow me. Uh, my at name is Kiki De France, and you can just follow me. I haven't created any clubs yet, but I think I will once I get some more followers. Um, I'm definitely thinking about having some type of like meeting rooms, chat rooms, or whatever in Clubhouse. I'll probably start doing that in the spring, no time soon, but probably the spring or early summer. I'll start doing that probably once or twice a month. Uh, I have an idea and a setup. And of course, POV, we start recording and releasing episodes the weekend of February 14th. So please check out our YouTube for that. I would definitely give you guys more information when that comes about. But God bless you all. I love you all. Thank you.